Good morning, I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. Today we talk about Second Harvest. We find out a little more about them, what they do in our community, what their needs are, and how we can get involved. Our guest today is Courtney Blaze, Director of Community Engagement with Second Harvest. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks for having me. So let's just start kind of from the beginning and tell people what Second Harvest is. Second Harvest is a food bank here located in Nashville. We actually have a location in Smyrna, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. also in Camden, Tennessee. Oh, wow. We have those hub and spoke locations because we serve 46 counties in Middle and West Tennessee. Oh, wow. So we're your local we're your local food bank, but we serve almost 200,000 square miles of space in Middle Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. With a hub and what do you call it? Two spokes. Yes. That's because our main location is in Nashville and we have a second branch location in Smyrna. That way, the our agencies on the southern part of our service area can go there. Okay. And then a location on our western branch in Camden where our agencies can go there. It saves them from having to come all the way to Nashville. Right. Makes it easier and faster for them to get the food that they need to feed people in their community. So you're talking about agencies. So Second Harvest, first of all, how do they get their food? Uh, What goes on with that? And then the agencies. Let's go on into that. So Second Harvest, we're very lucky to have great grocery partners. So we pick up from about 200 grocery stores all over our service area. But we also pick up from farms. We pick up from distributors, from different food manufacturers. If there's an overage of food or maybe they're packaging cereal and there's an excess of cereal, we can go pick that excess up in mass quantities and bring it back to the food bank and pack it with volunteers so that we can send it out to families in one or two pound packages. Oh, wow. So our every major grocery chain, every food distributor, we have wonderful partnerships. And we pick up from all over our service area, bring it back to the food bank, work with volunteers in order to get that food inspected, make sure it's in good quality. And then we get it back out the door as fast as possible. Wow. I bet that. So that makes a very, very quick turnaround. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, our hope is for it to happen The food is coming in in the afternoon. We're sorting it through it with volunteers the next day or a day or two. And then it's going back out as soon because the food that we're getting, it's in great quality. It's still perfect to be eaten, but it's especially if it's been on a grocery store shelf for a couple of days, especially perishable food. Mm -hmm. We want that food to come in quickly and go out quickly. So we're actually picking up in uh, refrigerated vehicles. So we have refrigerated trucks. They're picking that food up at the grocery store, transporting it in refrigeration. It's coming back to the food bank, either frozen or in a refrigerator, is sometimes sorted in a cooler. And that way it's food safe and we make sure that it gets back out. It's possible that some people think of second harvest and think of rice and beans and canned tuna and things like that. So this is a, a lot more. Oh, absolutely. You're not wrong. I think when most people think of the food bank, they think, of cans, boxes, and bags of food. But the truth is, is that the majority of what we're sending out is actually real whole food. It's turkeys and chickens and ham and and ground beef. And it's actual real food groceries that people are going to take home and then cook with. Yeah. Um, Last year alone, we distributed almost 12 million pounds of fresh produce. Oh, my gosh. So it's not just can't now... We're full grocery. So you think about how when you go to the grocery store, you're not just buying one type of food. You got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And that's what we like to be able to provide for the people who need help from the food bank is that they can get cooking oil and whole chicken. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. How do you find out who needs the food from Second Harvest? 
So the beauty about Second Harvest or the wonderful thing about Second Harvest is our network of partner agencies. So we have about 465 partner agencies. This They run the gamut from your little mom and pop place. It's I always say it's one sweet grandma out in the middle of nowhere just feeding her community. She cares so deeply and she's running it out of a church basement. There's our just pantries where it may be a room or a series of rooms or a shelf in a church basement or at a school all the way up to more sophisticated operations where they have their own trucks and their own staff and they are um, larger food pantries or even food banks out in rural communities that are distributing food to the community. So we are the way that we work is we get the food from the grocery store and then we are getting it to our agency partners out in the community and they're distributing the food directly. Uh, to the community. They're more like the boots on the ground, the people that our community knows that they can go and get food from those locations. Churches, nonprofits, places like that. Yes. And we work very closely with them. You know, we um, we partner with them. We um, They help us and, and we help them. And it's really a wonderful picture about how the community can come together in order to make sure that everyone has food. Courtney, how did things change during the pandemic? Was more food needed? Was less food needed? What what happened during all of that? More food. So I've been at Second Harvest for 10 years, and it's been incredible to see how much it has changed in just the last two. So prior to the pandemic, we were distributing about 100,000 pounds of food a day. So you look at the week, and that's about 600,000 pounds of food a week. Yeah. Um, We kind of kicked off 2020 with just a crescendo of chaos (laughs) and we had the the tornado that then moved directly into the pandemic, into uh, COVID. And so we had people after the tornado that were visiting the food bank for the first time. And that's really when we saw a lot of stories start to change, too. You know, what we had always kind of said Theoretically, you know, people use the food bank for the first time and and the food bank is for everyone. And and we do firmly believe that we started hearing it and what people were telling us. I've been a donor for years. I never thought I would need the food bank. And they were in line in their car or coming to a food pantry for the first time to get food. That has remained the same. So we have had um, a huge increase in need um, right after the tornado and into the beginning of the pandemic. We saw an increase of 40 percent in need. Um, that means that every single week we're distributing a million pounds of food. Wow. That has not changed. The only way that we're able to do that is because the community has supported us and has come uh, really to our rescue. And, and they have really stepped up as a whole to make sure that everyone who needs food is getting it. How has the community stepped up to help Second Harvest? People have not stopped volunteering. So we have never closed our doors uh, the the entirety of the, the pandemic. Um, we have continued to have volunteers. We have continued to do uh, community events and food drives and fundraisers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the community has has come alongside us. There's absolutely no way that we would have been able to do even half of what we've done over the last two years without Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee coming uh, alongside of us. So what does it take for someone to do a food drive? I've seen kids do food drives on their birthdays instead of presents, things like that. Can anyone do that? Anyone. It's so easy. I think that's what I love the most about the food bank. I say that a lot. I love a lot of things about the food bank. But what's really wonderful about Second Harvest is it's easy for anyone to get involved. So you can do a food drive if you trick or treat 
kids do they do they'll send out right before um halloween they'll put a flyer in their neighbor neighbor's mailbox and say when i come by to get candy from you can you give me a canned good for second harvest they do it for their birthday parties they do it at their sunday school class they do it at their temple they they um do with their school and their friend group um their scout troop mm-hmm. and it's really so easy to donate food every dollar donated to second harvest provides four meals yeah wow so you can donate five dollars and you've given 20 meals just coupling that with a food drive and with volunteering three hours of your time come down to the food bank at any of those three locations you can volunteer and do hands-on giving back to your community are there certain times of year when the need is greater or is it just pretty steadily high right now we need volunteers all the time. Mm-hmm. We need food all the time. And we need monetary donations all the time. Something changes, you know, around the holidays. People start thinking about family time and togetherness. And I think a lot of people don't want someone or they don't like the idea of someone going without food during the holidays. But the truth is people eat all year round. Yeah. <laughs> so having, um, you know, if the holidays are a busy time for you and, and you would wish that, you could give back more. Know that it's wonderful to give back to an organization like Second Harvest in January and February and March and not just September, October, November, December. We can use the help and the support all year round. Mm-hmm. And at times it's even easier, especially with volunteering, it's easier to get in and you can bring more people and have more fun um, perhaps than trying to squeeze in a shift in November. Oh, right. Because people do start, well, I'll volunteer on Thanksgiving here. I'll volunteer on Christmas to do something special with my holiday. But yes, it's needed year round. Year round. We people eat all the time. And what I always like to say is the food bank is for everyone. So the food bank is um, a beautiful picture of the conduit between two, two sides. So you have people who have a little bit extra to give and you have people who need a little bit extra Mm -hmm. and the food bank is that go between. And so it really is for everyone and, and teaching the next generation that, that to give, um, open handedly and, um, really there's not a bad time of year to do that. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie. This is Focus, and we're talking with Courtney Blaze, director of community engagement with second harvest food bank. Have you had any issues with supply chain issues and stuff like that? Or do you get enough stuff locally that you haven't had to deal with that as much? We have been hit hard by supply chain um, in every area of our business. Um, whether it's, you know, if you, if you think about it, really, Second Harvest is like a logistical ballet. You know, it's all kind of delicately put together. Um, when you're looking at a, a staff of about 100 and how big our service area is, it really seems like it's so huge. But if you're, if you really look at how much has been distributed and and how many meals were provided last year, 43 million meals. Dang. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, So supply chain definitely has hit us. Um, We've had a struggle with getting certain food for food boxes, Mm -hmm. um, making sure that that 
the supply of what we're bringing in for those boxes is consistent. Oh, um, really thinking ahead for the different items that go into some of our emergency boxes and things like that. Like, Thankfully, I don't have to do any of that. Yes. <laughs> do you know what foods have been uh, in short supply? Peanut butter, mac and cheese, different types of vegetables have yeah. all been really tough. Basically the same things that when you go into your grocery store yeah. and those parts of the shelf look pretty slim, that affects us as well. Uh, cereals were hard hit. Cereal, pasta. Yeah. Um, just all of that has been really tricky. Mm-hmm. What about uh, pets? Does Second Harvest Food Bank provide food for pets as well? We don't um, solicit donations for pets, but that does sometimes come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple of our partner agencies uh, uh, that are close that when we get food in, we save it because our so our food bank is inspected and also uh, we're held to like a certain... Um, we get audited. So mm-hmm. we have to have a certain level of food safety and we all take that very seriously. And uh, pet, we can't really store pet food in the oh. same space. So as soon as we get uh, pet food in, we get that back out so that people can yeah. have access to it. Oh. And we have great partners too that um, that if they're pet food manufacturers, sometimes they'll come alongside us at some of our mobile distributions mm-hmm. and also pass out pet food. Oh, wow. Uh, so that people, because we've heard stories of people feeding their animals before they feed themselves. Oh, yeah. So we want to make sure that people have access to food and supplies for their pets so that they can also nourish themselves. So you need volunteers, you need donations, and you need food. Food, time, and money. Food, time, food, time and money. <laughs> yep. Has Second Harvest had to do more online because of the pandemic? Yes. <laughs> we, yeah, yes. We, we transitioned um, all of our events to online uh, we transitioned so many of our campaigns that we had done in person, uh, some of our most fun uh, community events that we had done that have been taking place for a really long time, uh, like some of our music events where they're, you know, concerts. Right. We transitioned all of that to online. Um, but but we've always had a pretty strong online presence uh, regardless. So mm-hmm. we have a really easy platforms for, for people to use that mm-hmm. are online fundraising, peer-to-peer or crowd crowdfunding. Really? Um, our virtual food drive is totally online. So you can set up a virtual food drive page and share that through your network and people can donate to that. You can see it in real time. Uh, everyone raising money together, which is really, really fun. And it's great for competitions too. So We'll have folks that uh, maybe they have like four offices in all through our service area. They have a office in Clarksville and somebody down in um, Tullahoma or, or whatever it is, Brentwood and Nashville. And we'll actually see them set up different teams for different locations and then they all compete and we can watch it in real time. Somebody donate $25 and someone else will donate $27. And just to watch the competition happen and they call and they're like, I think Team Blue is ahead. Is Team Blue ahead? And we're like, actually, Team Red just took you. Oh, wow. So it's really fun. And uh, so we've always been able to do, have the capabilities to do things like that. But mm-hmm. the, the pandemic certainly um, made us flex our creativity muscles to make yeah. sure that we kept moving forward. What do you think has been the biggest change in Second Harvest in the past couple of years? I think really discovering who we are. Second Harvest has been around for 42 years, and so much has been the same. So much of what we've done has been necessary. Um, At at the end of the day, we are are all hyper-focused on making sure that people who need food have it. There can be, I think, some creativity lost in that is that 
It's like feed the people, feed the people, feed the people, and then not stopping to say, okay, exactly how are we doing this? How are how is this sustainable? How are we going to do this for the next 25 years? Or how can we continue to grow and change? And what is the community landscape look like? And there's a ton of new people moving to Nashville. And okay, all those people that moved to Nashville, a lot of them are out of work now. Like we have new people to feed, like all of those things that I think the pandemic really shook up for a lot of people internally on a personal level. I think it happened for our organization too. I think people really took the opportunity to look inside and say, of all of these great things that we're doing, what are we doing that could be done better? What are we doing that we don't need to do anymore? And how can we take all of that effort from doing the things we don't need to do anymore to do the best good that we can? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think as terrible as the pandemic has been and as hard as it's been for all of us personally and professionally, I think it's made us better people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has just naturally changed the way that Second Harvest is doing business. We're talking with Courtney Blaze, the Director of Community Engagement with Second Harvest Food Bank. You said looking at your partners and making it less transactional and more relation, more to do with relationships. Mm -hmm. And can you give me an example of that? A, an example that we've done in the past that's been really awesome. And I think that most people, it's one, something I don't think people would think about. And it's such a, a simple solution um, is when we have done disaster relief boxes. So we work directly with Feeding America. Feeding America is the nation's network of food banks. So there's 200 food banks in the Feeding America network. There is not a zip code in the entire United States of America that's not served by a Feeding America food bank. There are five Feeding America food banks in Tennessee. We are the largest and most comprehensive of those five food banks. I feel very lucky and privileged to work at our food bank um, because we are so innovative and forward thinking that we talk to other food banks and they they want to know how we're doing what we're doing and that is largely due to the wonderful people that work at second harvest but also our supporters and the community who are looking for us to innovate so they push us to be better when we pack disaster boxes, what happens is we will bring in volunteers and we will pack two or three truckloads of disaster boxes. This is typically in advance of hurricane season, tornado season, when we know that those times of the year when disasters typically happen and we'll pack three truckloads full of those. And a, a year or so, or a couple of years ago, Someone said, well, what happens if they can't open these cans? Like if you've lost your whole house and you get cans, that doesn't work. And so now we have this policy that all of the cans that we source, because it has to be non-perishable food because it's going to disaster zones. All of the canned food that's in those boxes has to have a pop top. And if we can't find 100% pop tops, then we include a can opener, a manual can opener. And it's so simple to think of those types of solutions. But at the end of the day, if you're a mom who's trying to feed her kids and you're half living in a Red Cross shelter and you're trying to get food put together or maybe you're living on some friends' couches and you can't get into the food that you got from the food bank, wow. that's just another layer that you don't need. And yeah. so I think it's simple things like that that I don't 
that I just think the general public doesn't fully understand that those little nuances of thinking about the people that are receiving this food are in fact people. They're humans. They are probably not having like a super great day. And if we can do one thing to make their life easier, then that's what we want to do. You know, Second Harvest doesn't provide help with rent. We don't pay car notes. We don't help with electrical bills or gas bills. Uh, but what we can do is take that one worry off of your off your mind. We can put dinner on your table tonight and we can feed you and your family. And that's an amazing thing. Uh, just being able to lift the worry from either a person who's trying to decide if they have to take medicine or if they're going to go to the grocery store because they can't pay for both, if they're going to pay for childcare or if they're going to go to the grocery store because they can't pay for both. Mm -hmm. If we can alleviate one of those things, the biggest of which is don't worry about your dinner. We got you. Yeah. There's nothing more human. I mean, that's just so human to share food and, and to know that you can alleviate that for someone to me is, is so incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, we think about food as being nourishment, you know, as Americans, we hear a lot of messages about food constantly. We're bombarded and food is a lot more than calories. Food is a lot more than putting food in your belly. It's also sharing a meal and it's about celebration and it's about mourning and it's about milestones and new beginnings and baby's first food mm. and all of those things, you know, Second Harvest and the team there really think about all of that stuff. If we're preparing meals for seniors, we're using boneless meat for people who may have who may have difficulty chewing or, or limited mobility or be at a higher risk for choking. If we're um, we have a great program that a lot of people actually don't know about. So I would love to invite everyone personally to come and tour, get a tour of the food bank you know, call us and we'll set it up and you get a backstage pass tour. Um, only, only, only these listeners, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you know, we have, we actually have a full scale manufacturing, uh, facility in the back of our building and we have a, a PhD level food scientist who's on staff who is innovating ways to reduce food waste. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's just really cool, but it's all in the, it's all with the thought of people. How do we make people's lives e easier? How do we innovate and reduce food waste? How can we continue to move the dial closer, farther? <laughs> you know, how can we keep moving it so that we don't become stagnant mm -hmm. and, and really shake it up? You mentioned doing specific boxes for perhaps people who are older and might have or might have issues choking or chewing. Do you do uh, specific boxes for families with small children or with children or different uh, ethnic groups? Yes, that's actually, I love talking about this. So uh, we actually plan for all of that. So when we're looking at different parts of the community that we distribute food in, Nashville is very diverse. And we also have uh, very uh, different populations that eat very differently, d eat different food. And so when we're going out and doing distributions, we're looking at the cultural relevance of those foods and making sure that people have what they what they want. Um, I think in the past, I would say like a long time ago, if you go into a certain community and you want to only give them peanut butter, that's like not going to cut it for a lot of communities. Yeah. And so for me, as like born and raised on the East Coast, like I'm a peanut butter loving girl, that's great for me. But for a family who that's not a part of their traditional 
uh, food supply that it puts them in an awkward position to turn that food down when they need it. And um, so we don't want to do that. We want to avoid that and make sure that people have the food that they need in order to survive. Um, Now, as far as making sure that kids and seniors have uh, the right kinds of foods, um, we actually are really hyper-focused on those two demographics. So for seniors, we have um, senior boxes that are actually uh, can be delivered uh, to them, especially if there's low mobility or to like senior towers, you know, if they're living in senior communities. Um, and then we also uh, have diabetic special boxes that are for diabetic um, folks and um, different uh, types of medical, like even cancer patients. Uh, some of our Uh, pantries are actually at hospitals so that people after they're released from the hospital can visit the food pharmacy. And that's all specified out for a type of diet, whether they need whole grains or low carbohydrate or low sugar, low salt, that's all separated out in there. So their doctor can give them a list of foods that they can go home with Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're not going home on prescribed medication after having surgery, after a hospital stay, and just going home to an empty house or empty pantry. We want to make sure that they're able to continue to get better and to stay well. And to do that, you have to have food. You Mm -hmm. have to have good food and you have to eat it. Um, With kids, we have several programs that are specifically uh, there to support children and their families. Um, For our for our youngest community members, we have our backpack program backpacks, uh, it's sometimes it's a little confusing for people because it's not an actual backpack, but it's a gallon sized Ziploc bag of food that can easily be easily be slid down into a child's backpack. So it can be very discreet. A lot of schools. So in Davidson County, we pack um, at the food bank about 6,000 of those every single week that go out. But there are other communities in our service area that source the food from us and then they pack them Mm -hmm. there. So um, there are a lot of backpacks that are going out every single Friday to support children from Friday at school to Monday at school so that they're making sure they're eating on the weekend. Oh, my gosh. It's really incredible. And one of my favorite um, experiences that I had talking to a child who actually received a backpack, and I just asked a very open-ended question, tell me about this food. I didn't think that she would be as excited as she was. Like, I thought she would be excited But also sometimes there's Raisin Bran in there. And so I'm not sure if seven-year-olds are like excited about Raisin Bran. But she, her eyes lit up and they got so big. And she talked about how she kept the raisins out of the Raisin Bran sometimes. And she saved it to eat with the applesauce. And her favorite part was that she got a juice box in her backpack bag. And she would save it and drink it on the bus stop so that other kids would think that she was normal. That's what I go back to saying. Food is not just about body nourishment. It's also about soul nourishment and letting this child for just a moment feel like they were a regular kid to me is such a great picture of what you can provide as a donor, as a staff person, as a community person with Second Harvest is giving a child a normal experience. Mm -hmm. And as it goes with children, the older they get, the more stigma is attached to needing any type of extra help. So we actually have school-based pantries that are uh, discreet. They're tucked away in a counselor's office or in a special room or part of the school that when a child um, is talking to a counselor or a teacher and says they're hungry or they need something extra at home, 
that they and their families can actually visit the school-based pantry and get what they need. So they can pick up more like pantry staples as opposed to individually sized containers, which is in the backpack program. Mm -hmm. Um, So that actually, we actually have uh, programs and pantries all the way up through college um, that are similarly um, situated. You know, it's a pantry where you can go and get food. And uh, we, we just want to make sure that the families and the kids are really supported because when children are fed well, they do better in school. Right. They can play sports. You know, we have kids who are conserving energy because they aren't consuming enough calories to play sports. And there are a lot of talented kids out there that want to do extra and they want to do good in school. They're smart kids. But if you're hungry all the time, you can't focus. Mm-hmm. If you're hungry during the summer months, you don't retain what you've learned that school year. So that's why we have summer feeding programs that uh, we're able to work with uh, a lot of our partners to provide uh, summer meals so kids can go to their local library. Sometimes it's through churches, sometimes it's community centers, Mm -hmm. and they can go every day and get a hot meal um, or snacks and things like that so that they can be fed over the summer months and also get enrichment so that they're not losing everything that they've learned in their past grade. Right. Is there anything else that you feel is important to add? Any other story that you want to add? or Just that it's so easy to get involved with the food bank. Volunteering at Second Harvest is fun. It's hard work. Some of our volunteers use it as their weekly workout, um, but it's so simple and fun. And it's a great way to build community and meet people and make friends. But you can also bring your community with you and come and volunteer, um, and do a food drive, donate money, and and really affect change in the community. It's really amazing to see the food drive pounds pile up and to see as you're working through a sorting project, to see those foods go out and know that at the end of the day, you've sorted two or 3,000 meals that are going to go out to the community and feed so many people that will never have the opportunity to thank you. And just knowing that you helped someone feed their family, it doesn't get better than that. It just doesn't. Thank you so much. Thank you. Courtney Blaze, Director of Community Engagement with Second Harvest Food Bank. We're going to put links and more info on the page. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.